What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. My name's John, and this is r slash Tales from Tech Support. So we're catless again today, but that's okay. Give me time to work out some of the bugs with that other uh, camera setup that we did the other day. Uh, I definitely can't keep the cat cam up in front of the script anymore. So like I said in uh, yesterday's Pro Revenge video, I'm only going to do it when I comment on the videos like normal. And uh, But I ramble on a lot, so you'll get plenty of cat cam that way. All right, let's read some stories. A teaching moment. Just had a surreal ticket. Do put in a ticket about wanting to type different things at the same time on two different screens. As expected, the issue was that he had two monitors that were on duplicate instead of extend. I asked, oh, so right now the same thing is on both screens, but you want to be able to have different things on each screen, right? And confused guy was like, no, can I have different things on the screen? I want to be able to type on both. Does that make sense? Me. Mm, let's see if we're talking about the same thing. Sets to extend. Okay, now I can move this window between screens. Is that what you're looking for? Confused guy. Okay, so can I have my emails on one screen and my music on the other? How do I get it from one screen to another? Me. Oh, well, that's easy. And I explain how to drag windows and maximize to boot. Confused guy. Okay, nice, nice. So where do I know where my letters are going to go when I type? Me. Well, that's easy. And I explain the text and cursor slash carrot placement by clicking and I demonstrate it. Confused guy. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that's exactly what I was looking for. So I don't need two keyboards for the two different screens. Me. You sure don't. This guy looks, I could see his team's profile pic, and sounds around my age, probably mid-30s, and was missing the absolute bare basics of navigating Windows. He was very polite, though, so I reveled in the rare opportunity to show someone the ropes of Windows of all things. Happy Tuesday. I love my wife, but I don't dare give her two monitors. That will never work well. Uh, I use two monitors here. I did have three for a little while, but really didn't need three for what I'm doing. So too many things going on at once. And uh, I just end up confusing myself. <laughs> Mostly because I always have way too many programs open at one time. And I've got them spread across the different monitors, sometimes split screens. And yeah. And I don't care if somebody doesn't know anything about Windows. If they're polite. If they're nice and polite and willing to listen and watch and learn, like if they actually pick up on it, perfect. I'd be willing to teach them stuff. It's the ones that are really rude about it that bother me. And they also tend to be the ones that have the chicken little complex. You know, the sky is falling. Everybody's out to get me, yada, yada, yada. So anyway, I don't trust what customers or end users say anymore. I've lost the count on how many times I ask a customer to try a quick fix or to try something over the phone. They either agree to do it, but really don't, or they say that they or the IT person already did that. Just finished a job with a printer. Customer states there are lines when making copies from the ADF unit. Me. Can you take a lint-free cloth and spray LCD slash glass cleaner on the cloth? Then wipe down the small strip of glass that is above the bigger piece of glass and test to see if that fixes the issue? Customer. We already tried that. Her and the IT person. Me. Okay. I set up a day and time to be out and look at the printer. My job requires we take at least one part with us regardless if it fixes or not. This printer doesn't let you open the glass and clean the inside. I have to replace the whole scanner unit. I go on site with scanner assembly in hand, open the scanner, and what do you know, it's dirty. I clean the glass and run two copies and no more lines. I showed the customer the test copies and they're happy. Customer, what did you do to fix it? Me, 
Clean the scanner glass. Customer surprised Pikachu face. I cleaned it and so did the IT person. Me, do you have any questions or other concerns with the printer? Customer, it freezes sometimes. I check energy settings and its sleep is set to one minute. I switch it to 30 minutes. Customer's happy. Some people don't try the most simplest things. They would rather go a few days to a few weeks and have me do it. Lucky this was close to home base. The worst are paper jams that anyone can obviously see and easily pull out. I can easily travel two hours for a customer one way. While I get that it can be frustrating to have to travel for things that the customer should be able to follow simple instructions for over the phone or through an email or whatever, if you're getting paid for it and getting paid hourly, then screw it. Try once, try twice, third time, okay, let's make a date and time when I can come out and actually put my eyes on it. Then it's a win-win. You get to keep your job, you get paid by the hour, and uh, they feel like they've accomplished something even though you did all the work. How ignoring a problem doesn't solve it. Got a message from a user regarding a web page not working properly and how it's very important. I checked the web page but can't access the error and it boils down to the reason it's not working is that it's using very old insecure protocols which is a no-go. Also an LLS IIS you wait, you could, you'll do, you wait. configuration problem at the root of it all. I explained this to the user over email. No response. I email three more times with the error, how the host of the web page needs to get their setup in order. Still no response, so I close the ticket with the explanation in detail. Two seconds after closing, user immediately calls. User. It's closed as resolved, but I still can't access the page. Me. As I've explained, all modern browsers will reject this web page. The protocol and authentication is not up to modern standards, and it's external, so nothing we can do, I'm afraid. User. I need this web page to do my job. It works fine on my computer at home. Me. Strange. Even Google Chrome, etc. should be blocking the pay. User. I use Internet Explorer. Me. Ah, well, that might support it since that's a legacy browser, but it's being decommissioned, so that's only temp. User. I'll just use Internet Explorer on my desktop. Me. I mean, that should work, but it's being decommissioned soon, so eventually... User, it opened. Great, I have everything I need. <laughs> Me, listen, because I need you to understand this. The user pauses. IE is being decommissioned. That means eventually this web page will not load. You will not be able to access it and nothing is resolved. So please contact the owner of the site and explain the situation. Could be that their admin simply made a mistake. User, okay, great. And we hang up. I reopen the ticket, add an extra notes of discussion, and close again. I get a thank you email in response. Six months passes. Internet Explorer is decommissioned. I see the ticket come in. Web page not working. I eat shortcut magically opens Edge. Must be fixed immediately. I copy the response from the old ticket and attach it to the new one for the first line techies. User responds in email. I'll just use Safari browser on my phone. Thanks. <sighs> It's kind of like asking a mechanic, you know, I'm having a problem with my car. It's making this really loud clunking noise and I really need it fixed. Well, this mechanic only does transmissions and your clunking is coming from your suspension, say. So they tell you, you got to go to your regular mechanic and tell them what the problem is that you know it's coming from the suspension, but we don't fix those. And then the user says, well, it works fine when I turn up the radio. Well, yeah, you don't hear the noise, but that doesn't mean the noise is going away. It just means you can't hear it right now. 
until eventually your wheel falls off and then you'll know it for sure. I don't know. Maybe that's a bad analogy, but that's what I'm thinking anyway. I may be good, but I'm not a miracle worker. So I'm a systems administrator for a large company. We have recently rolled out a new ticketing system for the users to use. I told them three to six months to get it all up and running, but the project management team say, nah, it can be done in a month. That's a story for another day. Me and my team worked our asses off for the last month, coming in early, leaving late. Most days we were working 12 hours a day doing what we can to roll this new system out company-wide for the due date. We made compromises with the PM team stating that when it's rolled out, some functionality won't be there as they haven't given us the time to develop it into the system. They were fine with this. With the new system comes new reports for different departments directly from the system. Now I sent every department an email with very simple instructions of what we required to build these reports which is stated below. Report name. What reports need creating? What is the criteria of each report? Schedule who to each report to get sent to? What information will be needed on each report such as ticket number, category status? We will need this individually unless all reports will have the same information required. What layout is required? Horizontal or landscape? Output format, PDF, I advise against this if they want their pivot table still, or Excel. Lo and behold, the information I got back from the department and the project managers was below. Welfare support, welfare admin, welfare time to close ticket. They give me stupid and unreasonable deadlines and 2% of the information I requested. I give them exactly what they said. A report that shows the closed times of tickets for the specific department with zero other information. Doesn't show what tickets they relate to when they come in or who submitted them. Safe to say they were not happy and they said that's not what we asked for. I referenced their email with mine below, what we require to build the reports and a statement under, stating your report will show the information you provide to me. Once your report is done, we will be moving on to the next. Failure to provide the correct information will result in going to the back of the queue. They decided to ring me and get pissy with me, so I hung up and moved on to the next report which had sent us everything correctly, and they were very happy with their report. Be nice to IT, otherwise your mega urgent and important stuff goes to the back of my list of things to do. P.S. Be extra nice to your sysadmin as they can just revoke licenses as they please. Agreed. Don't piss off the people that are setting up and creating things for you. They're there to help. They will give you what you want. Although I gotta say, you kinda need to lead people a little bit. Most people don't know what they want, let's be honest. In my retail business, uh, in the soap shop, most people walk in and see 36 different scents of bath soap and they have no idea what scent they want. They'll pick up every one of them and smell them and they still can't make a decision. So usually I'll ask some leading questions to kind of figure out where their head's at, what they've liked in the past, what they might like to try in the future, and I'll make a couple suggestions and that usually works and they'll usually end up buying like three or four different scents and everybody's happy. The website's the same way. Analysis paralysis is a real thing. People see, you know... 30 some choices for one type of product and they freeze up. They might start loading their cart, but more often than not, they won't get one or two items in before they just abandon the cart and go away and do something else. That's why, you know, I've started pairing back on my website a little because people can't make decisions and they really don't know what they want or what they're looking for. That's not everybody, but a lot. The images on my website are wrong. Fix them. About seven or eight years ago, I was the sole support desk person for a small web development company. There was me, my boss, who was the owner, two designers, and three developers. 
I dealt with issues, updates, and maintenance after our website had gone live. I got a support request one day from a client that simply read, The images on my website are wrong. Fix them. I went through this whole website. All the images looked fine to me. They were the same ones that had been there for months. Nothing had changed. They weren't distorted or fuzzy or breaking the layout. So I went back to him. Please give me more information because as far as I can tell, the images are fine. Which images in particular are wrong and what is wrong with them? Screenshots showing the issues would be perfect. I received a one-line response. I find it frustrating when you ask me for more information. <laughs> he did not provide more information. At this point, I handed it over to my boss because if I responded, it would have been a less than polite explanation why I found it frustrating when he didn't give me the information I needed to find the issue. This guy was known for being rude and abrupt. It turned out my boss knew exactly what he was talking about. The development team were building him a new website and hadn't updated it with the latest images he'd sent. And then down below we have this from Lightish Redis. Customer, when I open the app I get an error message. Me, okay what does it say? Customer, I don't know, you work there not me. You're supposed to know. You shouldn't be making the customer do any work because that's what this feels like, work. If I'm working for you, you should pay me. Me, I just need to know what the error message is please. Customer. I'm not working for you. Either fix it or I'm canceling. The whole call took less than three minutes with no hold time. Yep, nobody can be bothered to actually do anything for themselves or to help you troubleshoot. Again, if you get paid to go out there and fix it yourself or go online and figure it out yourself and you get paid hourly and your boss is okay with it, fine. Whatever, I'll go investigate, you know, and figure it out. Or I won't, but I'll spend a lot of time trying to figure it out. But people don't realize it would be much easier and faster for them and they'd get way better results if they'd just be somewhat polite and cooperative, really. It's the simple things. Got a Teams message at 4pm on Friday from our warehouse manager that their receiving computer crashed and wasn't connected to the internet when it came back up. It being 30 minutes before both of us left for the weekend, we decided to wait until this morning, Monday. I checked TeamViewer just to confirm it was indeed showing as offline and it sure was. He also sent me a picture of the desktop because it had icons he had never seen before. Weird, but so is our entire system. This morning rolls around and I was hoping the problem had just magically fixed itself. Sadly not. I clock in at our main facility and drive over. Lo and behold, what do I find? The surge protector the Ethernet switch is plugged into was flicked off. Turn it back on and boom, they're in business. A good chuckle to start my day. That is kind of funny. You know, if you're in a panic, it's the end of the week, the end of the day at the end of the week. Yeah, the guy was probably just freaking out because things went kaplooey and he didn't even think about checking the simple stuff like making sure our switches were on and things had power. It happens. But again, it doesn't sound like this guy was a jerk, so that makes it a lot easier to want to go over and help him out. You've been listening to Storytime with Uncle Reddit. If you enjoy this content, be sure to follow my podcast. I upload new episodes at least three times a week.